Good morning. <laughs> um, my name is Emily Tilden. Um, I've been coming to this church for a, about a year now. Um, and we are in a pretty sweet season that um, Scotty alluded to about our changing our name and um, into, into a rise church. And so this morning I'm going to focus on specifically our identity as a praying church. Um, I'm going to focus on intercessory prayer. So if prayer is to be with God, um, what I'm talking about today is being with God on behalf of another person or behalf on on a place. Um, In me preparing for this, I just really feel this as a a deep invitation and a call to this church specifically um, to be intercessors, um, to be one who... Um, is looking at the Father on behalf of um, the cities of Hillsborough and Portland and the people inside of it. Um, so I'm just excited. Oh, sorry. I'm excited um, for who will become. All right, so we're going to focus kind of our umbrella verses, um, Psalm 10, um, where it says, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Um, and so we've been focusing on different parts in scripture where the word arise is used, um, signifying movement of some sort. And in this um, instance, what, we're, what is moving is not us, but the Lord. We're asking the Lord to come and move on behalf of the afflicted. Um, and so um, in walking in intercession, I believe that we're going to be confident in two things. Um, We need to be confident in the voice of our Father and the cry of the people in the place that we're in. So in that psalm, we're asking the Lord to arise on behalf of the afflicted. And I just believe that our call as people um, is to know both very well. Um, So I use those words confidence and awareness on purpose. So um, not only are we aware of the voice of our Father, but we're confident in our sonship and our daughtership so that when we um, see brokenness around us or have um, brokenness or needs close to us, we know who we're bringing them to. We see our Father and we're confident um, that we come boldly before the throne of grace um, with the affliction and the brokenness that's on our hearts um, as people of prayer. Um, and then to be aware of the cry of the people in the place. This is um, a beautiful and simple and hard thing um, that we would, as followers of Jesus, lay down um, our apathy and our numbness and our distance between the brokenness um, of the city and the people and actually become aware um, and close um, to the injustices around us and bring them to our Father. Um, and there's a confidence there too. I, I believe that the Lord has put you in a place and with a people um, very much on purpose. Um, and so as we walk into those places as people of prayer, we're listening to our Father and we're listening to the people. Um, so I have a f- picture of um, an ancient Roman aqueduct in France. Uh, that, that part doesn't matter too much, but it is, um, this aqueduct was used to bring water from the source to the city. Um, and when we intercede for people, 
Um, when we go in between, this is what we're doing. Um, we are not the water. <laughs> Jesus, the living water, through us is brought to places that need the water. Um, and so this is our call today, um, is to carry water from our source of life um, into the places that need it. Um, and that channel is called a conduit. Um, and so just when I was praying and, and thinking of our identity as a church, this is the hope, that we would be conduits between heaven and earth, um, holding the Holy Spirit inside of us and, and bringing it to places of brokenness. Um, and, I, and I believe that it, it starts with prayer. Um, so we're going to spend time in Mark ten forty six through 52, if you want to read in your Bible and... Um, I picked this story specifically because I believe that it it shows us a literal um, call of of the followers of Jesus to um, be in the in-between. It shows a beautiful um, partnership and invitation that I believe that we have um, from Jesus today. So, and they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Um, And so... As we follow Jesus um, in our day-to-day, we are moved by his words to us and his his voice in our life, Um, just like these these disciples that literally um, brought Bartimaeus to Jesus. Um, And so you can go to the next slide. I, I just believe that it's, it's so necessary that we pray with a surrendered heart. Um, so these disciples, as they follow Jesus on the road, um, hear the cry of the afflicted. They hear the cry of Bartimaeus. Um, and either because of a um, misplaced reverence for the Lord, for pride, for fear, for whatever the reason in their hearts were, um, they asked him to be quiet and silent. Um, But they were obviously surrendered to Jesus because when he asks them to call to him, they go and they obey. And so um, this is necessary as we follow our king to listen to him and know his voice and be surrendered um, because um, he is able to bypass um, the fear and the pride in our hearts so that we can go where he is going, which is in the margins and with the lowly. Um, and so that's why a surrendered heart is so necessary. Um, and let's begin to change for the people and places around us. Um, it doesn't tell us that, his, um, that these followers, um, it doesn't talk about the heart. 
but I have to believe that um, they watched Jesus honor and heal Bartimaeus as they got to participate in the um, recovery of sight, um, that they began to truly understand the economy of heaven, that the last shall be first in the kingdom of God. Um, And so if we say yes to this call of prayer, this call to be intercessors, that I believe that Um, all followers are called to, but also this church. Um, If we say yes to this, we can expect that our hearts will be changed, that the love that we have for people and for our city um, will begin to grow as the Father shares his love for us and teaches us his economy um, in the places and the people around us. Um, And I think this story, too, um, it just shows the beauty of, of what the will of Jesus was and how he chose to partner. So his followers have hardness of heart. They're, at, they're telling Bartimaeus to be quiet, but still Jesus invites them to participate in the miracle that he wanted to do. And so I believe that when we pray, we're in a place of deep agreement with the one who deeply loves the people and the place that we're walking in. Um, And so I have a quote that kind of talks about this place of agreement in prayer. Um, This quote was really encouraging and um, helpful to me when I read it not that long ago, um, because intercessor has been a word that has been used for me a little bit, and like a couple years ago, my friend introduced me to somebody and said, Emily has a big heart for intercession, and I thought, do not say that about me. I I do not deserve that, because what I pictured as an intercessor um, was somebody who's been in a closet for 40 years, interceding for their city and for a people day and night, and I thought, I not deserve that honor, and please don't put me in a closet. I really want my boots on the ground. (laughs) I love prayer, but I don't want to be in there. And so this quote really helped me understand um, that I do, in fact, love intercession. So she says, intercessory prayer is not primarily about believing we know what somebody else needs and then trying to tell God what the answer is. It is not about wrestling some result from God. Intercessory prayer is more about recognizing that we do not know how to pray for others, or ourselves for that matter, but the Holy Spirit knows. Since we understand that the Holy Spirit is already interceding for us, we can listen for the prayer that is already being prayed for that person before the throne of grace, and without struggling hard to pull things into words, we can enter into God's caring love for that person and wait with them and for them in God's presence. That last line of waiting with a person and for them in the presence of God, that is, that's the best place I've ever been, <laughs> is to really see a person and care for their brokenness and then have and then lean back into the presence of the one who made them and loves them the most, and then being able to really understand how, what their name is, who he says they are. Um, that place of prayer is the sweetest spot. Um, 
And so um, that's what I believe our invitation is, is to spend a lot of time there waiting on the Lord on behalf of, of people and agreeing with the song of love that he's already singing over them. Um, it is a harder and a higher call um, to not come to the Lord um, with our own agenda, but to actually surrender to his will um, and trust him in the, as we watch a person walk through pain or um, the answer we want taking a really long time. This place of surrender is hard, um, but it isn't hopeless um, because we are praying in confidence of who our Father is. No situation is allowed to be hopeless anymore because we're praying to the one who conquered death. So anything we're bringing to him um, has the possibility of resurrection and restoration. Um, it's vulnerable for us to be in this place of prayer, um, for us to set aside what we think is best and to trust him um, as we walk with a person who's in pain. It's really hard, um, but we are also filled with hope and encouragement as we remember who our Father is and that he's good. Um, so prayer is partnership. Um, in that quote, she talks about the Holy Spirit being an intercessor. And in Romans 8, it talks about who Jesus is. And it says, Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So this is why when we come into the presence of the Lord that we get to have the role of agreement it is awesome because it means that we're not in charge and we don't have to figure everything out. We just have to come to our friend and to our Lord and bring a person um, or a place um, at his feet um, to partner with God. Um, so I put a couple of buckets up there um, because I, uh, when I was thinking about this partnership um, this is the image that came to mind, is that we come to the Lord with these buckets. Um, sometimes, if we're praying for a stranger or somebody we don't know very well, our bucket's pretty empty, and we just simply come and we ask, Lord, who is this person? What is your will for them? Would you come? Um, but sometimes our buckets are already kind of heavy, um, because maybe they're our brother um, or our child, and we're, we're bringing this to the Lord, and we're asking, please, Lord, come. Um, we already have deep desire in us. Um, um, but either way, we bring our bucket, um, and in this just kind of image in my mind, it just was like rain as we come to the Father. And what he gives us is this confidence and this reassurance of who he is. Um, it's not necessarily the answers to our, our own agenda that we want, but um, he comes and he reigns his presence on us and in the life of that person, and we're filled with hope and reassurance and comfort um, as we come to him as prayer buckets. Um, I wanted to read Daniel's prayer this morning. Um, I've been talking a lot about just prayer for people um, and the honor that it is to pray pray for people and wait on the Lord for them. Um, I did want to share one story actually before I read this. Um, just this just this beautiful place of of bringing people to him um, it's so simple and it it 
it doesn't require a lot of qualification. Like with that aqueduct, it's just a structure to move the water. And so I got to pray for this one girl. um, And I could tell she was dealing with a lot of different things. But what she asked for prayer for was her knee. Um, So I said, sure, let me pray for your knee that is hurt. Um, And as soon as I started praying, I just heard the father say, I'm going to heal her knee. And I thought, that is great news. I'm really glad to hear it. (laughs) And so I didn't have to stir up all of this thing in me. I didn't have to say the right sort of formula for healing to come. Because the truth is that Jesus is the healer. That he loves this girl way more than I ever could. And that he longs to restore her um, and, and bring heaven into her life and into her body. And so I just simply prayed agreement. And then her knee was better that night. Um, I, ha- I don't walk with her, so I don't know how she's doing right now, but um, I bless her to keep walking in, in health. But um, this story was just really sweet because I understood my role and how small it is um, and how beautiful it can be to, to pray in a surrendered way um, to Jesus on behalf of another person um, because I don't have to pull him to please talk to them. Like, do you have a second? It's He is waiting to come close to the people around us and to the places. Um, Our job as intercessors is to just ask and agree um, with the dreams of his heart. So Daniel, in Daniel 9, does this um, really beautifully. Um, So I'm going to read Daniel 9, starting in 3 through 5, and then I'll go down to 16 through 23. So he says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. And I skip down to 16. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill. Because for our sins and for the iniquities of our father, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now, therefore, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear to hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. 
Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Um, this is, I think, is really beautiful and honest. And um, as I was reading it through a lot this week, um, I would I would think and agree um, on behalf of of our city of Hillsborough and Portland. Um, and I I see Daniel doing um, a few things that I think. Um, we can really learn from as we as we say yes to praying for our city and for our places. Um, the first thing is that Daniel repeatedly con- um, set, declares the identity of the Lord. Um, as he says, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Um, so he's declaring the faithfulness, the covenant, and the steadfast love of the of the Lord he's praying to. Um, the biggest thing that I saw Daniel do is own the sin of the people as his own. And so he's talking about a people um, that are not following the commandments of the Lord. We, we know in the life of Daniel that he was quite dedicated to the Lord and his commandments. But in this prayer, he owns the sin of the city as his own. Um, when I moved to Portland a year ago, I felt a similar um, call, this, this um, like humility and this fear of the Lord that as I came to a new place, as I came to this city, um, that my stance was to be very low, <laughs> to go underneath and to bless the city and to take on the brokenness that I see um, as my own. And so um, to not walk in any sort of blame of, of what before I got here this wouldn't have been a problem if I was in charge or like whatever would come to my mind um, but to go low and ask the Lord to come um, in a, a language that's belonging would you help us Lord in our brokenness as I see people deep in poverty Lord I ask that you would forgive us um, for not caring for all the people in our city would you help us have solutions and um and so I believe we have a similar call as a church as we serve the city of Hillsborough, um, that we would go, go low um, and um, own the brokenness as our own. Um, Daniel also declares the true identity of the city. He calls Jerusalem a holy hill a few times, and in that moment, it doesn't seem that they're walking in holiness. So he's naming the city, um, the, the agreeing with heaven, um, and so as we pray for Hillsborough and Portland, we agree with heaven about what this is now. Um, and then verse 23, heaven hears his cry and responds. I don't have a deep theology about angelic hosts, but I do know that it says that at the beginning of Daniel praying, a word from heaven was sent out. And so we can be confident that when we pray in its simplest form, that heaven hears and moves and responds um, a lot of it might be unseen from us. I don't know to see all of the fruit of our prayers, um, but we can be confident um, that there's a response. Um, you can go to the next slide. I, um, when I was praying for this um, and, and praying for us as intercessors, um, I got this kind of picture about what this means for us, um, maybe where the Lord's taking us from and and bringing us into. So um, I, it was like in the, in the picture, it was downtown Portland, um, and there were these little like shack things, 
Um, and inside there were people that were praying for Portland. And it was beautiful. They had um, like lists. Uh, they were writing their prayers out. They were drawing or painting what they wanted Portland to look like. And they were coating the walls of these shacks um, with their prayer. Um, but then they would kind of peek out of a crack or a door and look and see if the city had been changed. And then it didn't look like what they were praying for, so they closed the door and then they kept writing and drawing. Um, and then I saw Jesus come and it started to invite these people out of these little shacks. Um, he told them to bring their prayer, so they collected all the paper off the wall and held them in their hands and started walking through the streets of Portland, of the city, um, with Jesus. Um, And Jesus would tell them where to put maybe a paper, like that's where that prayer is meant to grow, and um, bless the person that's here or the place. Um, With others, he asked them to like release all their papers so that they would fly in the wind in full surrender of the dreams and the wind of the Spirit and the um, desires of the heart of the Father in the city. Um, But the invitation in that was to walk with him and be in the city. Um, And so as I receive this call to intercession with our church, um, this this is my heart, is that we're walking Um, with the Lord in the midst of what we're praying for, in the midst of our city, with the people we're close, um, we're closely praying for and caring for, that we wouldn't distance ourselves um, and be one who is afraid or not seeing or, or just waiting for our own agenda and our own picture to come to fruition, but that we would trust Jesus, that he's already moving in this place. And that he has good dreams and good desires that he's asking us to partner with. Um, like in Mark when he tells his disciples to call to Bartimaeus, go get him. We are invited to walk with um, the one who can heal, who can transform and to bring life. And he's, he's asking to partner with us to go and walk with him. Um, so this morning, um, as we go... Um, I am going to kind of lead us through a little bit of a prayer thing of, of waiting on the Lord for people and places the Lord has you in. Um, prayer is not complicated. Um, our God is not one of confusion, but of peace. So there's not a weird maze you have to go through in order to access the Lord or to get what you want. Um, but there is a deep invitation to wait on the Lord and to be in his presence with people. Um, Something simple that's been on my heart and that I'm wanting to make more of a regular rhythm of um, is prayer walking. I was listening to a podcast about um, transforming cities, and they said, you cannot love what you do not know. Um, And so if we are walking through our cities and as we're getting to know these places that the Lord has sovereignly put us in, Um, If we're walking in prayer and listening to him, our love for the place and the people will grow. Um, And then here, if you want to kind of band together um, as intercessors at 9 a.m., there's prayer for the church and for the city um, where we can practice waiting and being quiet before the Lord and simply bringing people to the feet of Jesus. Um, So right now, I want to pray with you. Um, So if you would just close your eyes 
And um, I want you to think of a person that, um, that you're interceding for or that you want the hand of God to touch. Maybe there's a deep need in their life. Maybe you know someone who's in, in this, like, just swirling in, in darkness and mental health and depression. Um, feeling like there's maybe people on our hearts that are dealing with deep discouragement with finances and identity wrapped up in that and brokenness in family. So think of a person and then I want you to picture bringing them to Jesus. Um, so a lot of times when I pray, I'm, I picture like carrying this person and setting them um, at the feet of Jesus. You can picture the story where the friends le- um, lowered their friend down to Jesus in desperation. Um, if you aren't super visual, you can just simply tell the Lord, here they are, I'm giving them to you, what do you have for them? I want you to listen for a little bit. What does the Lord say about them or their situation? Father, I thank you for these people. Thank you that you've put them so close to our heart and in our life. We bring them to you because you're the only the only one we know that can offer true life and the deepest love. I just pray that you would remove the film of darkness um, that is on, on the people on our hearts. You would remove that and they would be able to receive you and your presence um, today, right now, wherever they are. We say yes as a church to intercede, to stand in the gap between heaven and earth. to be a people who hope in the Lord and who are confident in our Father and in our King that He is Emmanuel. He's walking with us and He's interceding for the people that we love. So we agree with you today, King Jesus, the prayers of your heart for the people that we love. We agree with you. And we ask that your will be done. The cry of our church is on earth as it is in heaven, Father. Yeah, we thank you, Lord, for the invitation to partner with you. I bless the people that have come to mind. I bless the places um, that us in the room go to this week, that you would be in our hearts and our hands as we go. 
Thank you, Father, in your name.